Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Jalen Patterson. <laughs> hello. Have the old Kellen clan. It was Muscle P4P Real Talk, and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like what other right? Like a Mack truck through ice cream. O'Kellen, O'Kellen, yeah. O'Kellen, O'Kellen, O'Kellen Patterson. With a uh, doodle flavoring to add that extra. Mm. Check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And chocolate on top. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's get together with a banter. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Hello, Kaylin. This is Desiree. <laughs> I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'm getting closer to be able to sound like you do, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> You're getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better until you, get you pick another language. <laughs> but hey guys, happy Tuesday. It's a snowy Tuesday. I don't know about you guys wherever you may be, but in Iowa we've got lots of snow. We've got freezing rain. I hate ice. I can deal with the snow. I really can't handle the freezing rain. So now would be a good time for me to practice this mindfulness that we were taught about on our last show where we had a DKP, Dr. Corey Probst from the Diet <laughs> Doc teaching us how to, you know, a little bit kind of manage our feelings, manage our perspective on things, yeah. and uh, help us to achieve those goals in 2019 that we are wanting to words? achieve. What were the two oh, words? Oh, I don't even words? remember the two words. So <laughs> if any of you out there remember the two words, <laughs> help us out. If not, I'll be listening to the archive just like you guys. Check it out. And also, if you need a little extra incentive, and then I'll let Kaylin jump in here, but we'll, I would be remiss in not reminding everybody that he did the intro to Marvin Gaye, heard it through the grapevine wonderfully, and if nothing else, go. you must go to the archive to listen to that. You don't have to. And, have oh, to. you do. Oh, you do. And we also announced that P4P Muscle is going to be at the Arnold again this year. Into February, into early March, the Arnold. Check out P4P Muscle Signature Series on Facebook for the details and or go to the archive, listen to Kaylin Singh, get the details, and then learn how to win in 2019. That I mean, you guys, really, if you missed that show, you have to go back and listen to it. If you didn't miss it, yep. listen to it again. All right, that's all I have to say. Now you know. So for tonight's show, Kalen, <laughs> why don't you start us off right? Well, <laughs> this is this is kind of a, a fun time because I just researched the archives and I think this is the first dancer that we've had on the show. And he's hey, I do believe so. Yeah, he's got skills. So you know, if we met him. We, I actually knew his mom, and we had her on the show when we did the show up in Ford City, I think, for uh, Brenda Ray uh, at Sheboygan. She's from Sheboygan. And I got to meet her, and I had no idea that the talent just ran in the family. And then we saw our our guy at the P4P Undefeated and just wowed the audience beyond belief. And then there sees a lot of the things he was doing behind the scenes in the audience that were basically playing the game made it even more fun. And he had, I think, every video he did that go viral in some way, shape, or form. So I would like him to introduce himself because this is quite a treat. And uh, we will be sharing some of the videos. Uh, well, I know the dancing video from the stage performance, but hopefully we can get some others if he can share them with us. And you can see oh, just what an amazing individual this man is. So, right, in, 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 introduce yourself, if I can only get my language right, and uh, let the <laughs> community know just who you are. What's going on, P4P fam? Uh, if you guys don't know, my name is Ryan 2.0 Martin Jones. I am a professional dancer located in St. Louis, Missouri. And, uh, yeah. Dead, well, I will. 
There we go. <laughs> All right. So and so Ryan, so just so we understand, professional dancer, I mean like you make your living off of your moves, correct? Yes. Uh, all of the income that I make comes completely from dance. I actually have not worked a nine-to-five uh, in the last five years. Wow. Now, that is fantastic. And so before we get into too much, like, the kind of gigs that you have, I believe you were also on, and I might be making this up, so I know you'll correct me, but were you, like, on television at one point in time? Maybe you've been on television multiple times, but I feel like I heard somewhere along the line that you were on So You Think You Can Dance or something yeah, yeah. So, um, in that nature. Yeah, you are totally, yeah, you're definitely totally correct. Um, last year was a very big year for me. I did five TV features um, to be interviewed and performed that spanned from St. Louis all the way to South Carolina. Uh, in the past, I was on So You Think You Could Dance, season 12, and I was one of the lucky few that was chosen to go through to Vegas. However, I had an injury uh, that took place, oh. but I was still able to get past that injury. And actually, I tore my meniscus. And uh, it oh, was one of those things. It was, a, it was a fluke thing. Like, I went to do a move that I had practiced a thousand times, and I was right there. It was during my solo, right in front of the judges, and I just heard this loud pop. And it kind of just gave me like this. No. This, yeah, it gave me this rush of anxiety where I literally was like, oh, no. Okay, let me just hammer this out. And I gave it everything I had uh, to the point where they had actually asked me, they said, have you been on the show before? And I told them, I said, no, this is my first time. I'm a self-taught dancer. I've never taken anyone's class. And I just wanted to prove to myself that I could hold my own against some of the world's best and biggest names. And I proved that, and, you know, I ended up getting a standing ovation from a lot of guys from, like, Dragon House and a lot of really well-known dancers. And it really showed me that I had I had what it took to be in the industry. So I, I just want to know so much about this industry because, you know, we see dancers that I don't think any of us, well, I'll, I guess I can only speak for myself, I don't know what it really takes to be successful, call yourself a professional dancer where you actually get people that want to pay you money to dance for them either in their video or or whatever it is they might be doing, backup dancer, I don't know. But before we get that far, um, our listeners already have questions, and Katrina says, wow, she wants to know what got you started. So how did you get started in all of this dancing biz? Take take it way uh, back. Okay, sure. So actually, I will take you guys back. I started dancing in 2017. Um, I was 17 years old, and at that point in time, dance was nothing um, in my life. I had no dance skill. I had no dance ability. It was not even something that was going through my mind. At that time, I was actually playing hockey, um, which my parents, you know, wow. they spent a lot of money and time and put effort in. And I played varsity in high school. I played for the pro roller hockey team. And Everybody thought that I was going to go pro uh, to play in the NHL. I even had scouts from the NHL coming to my games. And uh, right at 17, it was like, you know, close to the end of high school. And I saw the Jabberwockies, and it just blew my mind. I'd never seen somebody have such control of their body, but at the same time, they just looked like they were just in a state of pure joy and pure bliss. And for me... Wait, wait, wait. um, You've only been... You've only... Wait, wait. You've only been dancing for two years? (laughs) Well, Is that what see, you're saying? I'm actually, uh, well, no, I'm actually, I've been dancing for 11 years. I'm, I'm 29. So, oh, 11 um, years. I've been dancing okay. For years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I thought you um, said 2017, and maybe I misheard that. So, okay. Okay. Go back. Jabberwockies, blown away, no NHL. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I, 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 well, yeah, I saw the Jabberwockies, and it was just crazy. These guys could literally, it's like, there was no such thing as time when these guys dance. They would go fast, they would go slow, and then they would do everything in between to the smallest details in the music to just the biggest sounds, and everything they did just looked so effortlessly. And uh, I started studying them, like, obsessively. I uh, I started wearing clothes like them. I had the little Jabberwockies mask, and I would start wearing it to school. (laughs) And, uh, of course, at the time, the Jabberwockies were, like, 
at their, you know, the peak of their fame. They were huge. They were everywhere. So as soon as people saw the mask, they knew what was up, and so people would say, hey, show us some moves. Uh, unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't good enough, and my coordination wasn't good enough, uh, but I only had one move in my bag of tricks. But it seemed to wow people. And then, you know, after high school, it just became a part of my life. I realized that hockey was something that I had pushed for, but I wasn't pushing for it because it was something I truly loved. It was actually more to impress my parents. Um, dance became this voice for me. And at 18, all of my friends were kind of at a crossroad. Um, at 18 for me, St. Louis was a very, very tough place. The gang life, the whole like Bloods and Crips thing was very, very huge at that time. And it seemed like no matter what area, if I was in the county, if I was in the country, if I was in the city, it just seemed to be everywhere. And I was getting into trouble, and I just told myself no more. And um, 19 was actually when I dubbed myself 2.0 and started calling myself 2.0. And what 2.0 actually is is an upgraded existence. So every time I'm 2.0, I'm the best I can be. I push, I strive to, to be better than I was yesterday while also having control of my subconscious mind and my thoughts. That way I can influence myself to get rid of negativity and basically really hone this 2.0 being. And if we fast forward to 21, um, 21, I really started taking it seriously. I was getting local recognition in the clubs. I literally would be the guy that would show up. Everybody would start raising their hands like, this guy's got it. And to me at that time, um, that was what dance was to me. I didn't know that it was going to be a bigger thing. Uh, if we fast forward to uh, 23, I went to New York, and the first booking I got in New York was at the Empire State Building. And that's what honestly made my dance career begin. Um, it was amazing because I was only supposed to do the one gig, and it turned into a three-week tour. Then I what? ended up coming hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah, it turned into a three-week tour, and that three-week tour, we were uh, bumping into people like Wyclef Jean, Guinevere, Noltis Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week, Waka Faka Flint, like all of these celebrities that I, I grew up watching and seeing, and I found myself literally standing in a room full of all of these celebrities, and it just was the most incredible feeling in the world to, to prove to myself, to prove to the world and to prove not only to my parents, but to my family as well, that this dance thing will be something I'll be doing until they bury me. Um, even to backtrack a little bit more before dancing, I was actually really introverted. I couldn't talk to people. I had a very hard time expressing myself and that's why dance became that voice. And so if we, Kind of jump forward, um, about 2015, that was when I did uh, So You Think You Could Dance. And shortly after that, I got signed. Um, agents from the MTA agency told me, hey, you know what, don't worry about the show. If you can get to California, we'll sign you instantly. But you have to drop your life in St. Louis and move on a dime. And the phone call that I got came probably four days before I packed my bags and took $500 that I had with me and moved to California <laughs> Um, which at that point I had the $500 with me. I had no other money to my name. I had no house. Uh, I knew no one in LA and the first three months I was there, I, I can't even lie. It was the roughest thing ever. Uh, I found myself questioning why am I here? You know, people weren't giving me the opportunity, especially because I wasn't from California. And so they're kind of yeah. out there and, uh, you know, I'll never forget it. I was I was talking to some family, and uh, the moment came in where I got booked for Adam Levine, and that was the first gig I booked in L.A., and it changed everything. Uh, shortly after that, I got sponsored by Velado Footwear and had a long run with them, and things just kept building and building and building to the point where now I literally travel across the country. I teach master classes. I built uh, a style from my own knowledge, and now it's a thing that people want to learn. I teach classes regularly. I do private lessons. I travel to people in their homes. I also do work with the community. Also, you'll, you'll see throughout this year, I'm going into schools to inspire kids about 
uh, basically just following following their gut, following what they want to be in life. You know, um, oftentimes in life we're told that we have to be doctors, we have to be lawyers, we have to be, you know, something um, of a serious stature to make money. However, the world has changed now to where dance is the biggest thing in the world. It's it's literally worldwide. There's competitions worldwide where, uh, for example, in France, they have dancers who are winning $50,000, and all they do is go eight rounds in a battle, and they win 50 grand. You know, like it's it's becoming this huge, huge thing. And yeah. uh, dance is also one of those things where I realized in L.A. that I was becoming a person of influence. Kids from my hometown started messaging me, family, past dancer friends, even dancer friends I was making in L.A. And I started to notice that if I use what I've learned to give back to the community and to give back to others, A, it's a rewarding feeling to me, but B, it's also uplifting. And for me, that's really what dance is about. It's about giving. I know that if it's changed my life and put me in a position to where I can look at my son and he can look at me in in this amazement, you know, like I have a one-year-old little boy and it's incredible. He's growing up seeing his father on TV, seeing his father live out his dreams. And for him, he's going to know that anything is possible as long as you work for it. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing. And I'm after, uh, not after fame, I'm not after money. I am after um, quality memories that when I'm on my deathbed, I can look back and say, I was a person of positive influence. I gave to the world. I did my part. And I can leave this earth a happy man. Oh, amen, amen. to that. Amen. Now, um, I, I've actually, I was introduced to your, your style of band from the, the people we had at our gym. Uh, they, we had a classroom where we do our kickboxing, and uh, they would always come in and, and ask if they could uh, use our classroom to, to try it out. And so yeah. it was really it, – it blew me away to watch the coordination, the timing for everyone. But I really made a connection with it because I said, this is kind of like natural bodybuilding being so yeah. underground that a lot of people are missing it. And I said, you know, because you always hear, especially with inner city kids, how they don't have anything to do with drugs and gangs. There's no hope for their future. You know, somebody's got to do something to help them. And I'm seeing these kids basically grab hold of something and saying, you know, this is an activity that is not destructive, not self-destructive, and it's not going to hurt anyone other than someone's pride when they get uh, kind of blown off the stage when they've been outdone or outworked. So, you know, to me, right. that was a success in itself. But then to have it be, being self-driven where you didn't have to have, I mean, like, it's great to have sponsors, but just like with natural bodybuilders, it's great for us to have it. But a lot of times yeah, you're yeah. basically going on your own for so long until you get that credibility, until you get that status yeah. and that uh, that kind of pull that brings the sponsors to you. So it's a lot that has to happen from you. So when you were basically being drawn in on the negative side, you know, how how does that keep you balanced to where you can get out of it? And is that what drives you to want to bring other children out of those uh, basically dregs or, or basically people trying to strip them of their hope and their childhood? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things to me where a lot of people, like you said, they don't realize the training or the the things that we do as dancers. I actually train every day. Granted, I'm not the biggest person in the world, but I'm very, very strong, and my body's very, very strong, and it allows me to do unnatural things. Uh, for the kids in the inner city, uh, actually, a few years ago, before I moved to L.A., I actually had a studio in the inner city here in St. Louis where I literally gave kids off the street free dance lessons, food, the clothes off my back. And, I mean, this went on for two years uh, before I went to L.A. It became such a big thing in the city that we were getting noticed, and Honestly, that is why I do it. You know, I I was told when I started at 17, which, by the way, that's they consider that too late to start dancing in the dance world. If you're starting at mm-hmm. 17, you might, as, you might as well hang up your shoes. That's what everyone told me. Mm-hmm. I had trouble getting into studios. No one wanted to, to put any effort into me because they told me I was too old. 
you know, and it's like I see little kids here in St. Louis, even in other cities where I go, I see people that just the world has changed so much now that kids don't have an outlet, even more so than my generation. And dance is is not only just physical, but it's spiritual and it's mental. And if, if you can learn to utilize it for good in your, I'm telling you, it can do amazing things for your health. I mean, even for me, if somebody tells me, Hey, I'm not going to book you because your, your style's too different. I just write it down. Like, okay, I talked to such and such in a year. I'll check back with them. I know I'll have the credentials. And then when that year comes around, it seems to work out in my favor. And so things are growing and, you know, I don't get discouraged. Uh, no is not the end. Failing is not the end. Actually, if if you're failing, that means you're putting in effort. And if you're putting in effort, that means that you're growing. Even, even failures are, are successes in some I mean, for dance, like, there's a lot of times where I do a new dance move because I failed to have the strength to do something, and it turns into a whole new thing. And had I looked at it like, man, I'm not like uh, Wildebeest Adams. I can't do it like him. No, but I can do it like me, and that's what makes me special. And so I literally want want to go to kids, not even kids, adults, just just humans in general, and just let them know we all have greatness. Everyone's greatness is not the same. Everyone's level of success is not the same. You know, even for me, success is I literally get to tell people every day, I do what I love. People get to see that I do what I love and that in turn I get to give hope to people. And that's a, such a fulfilling, it's such a rewarding thing in itself because I'm I'm in dance for the, the right reasons. I'm not in it to be cool. I'm not in it for girls. I'm not in it for attention. I'm in it because it's what I love to do. And if you go to my social media, I literally post videos in my spare time of me dancing. When I'm not being a dad, when I'm not working, I dance in my free time. I'm always dancing because it's what I love to do and I don't view it as work. And if more people can learn that kind of a view to do something that you love, that way it's not work. Because if you love it, you're going to obsess about it. If you obsess about it, you're going to put in that work. You know? No, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, so I'm just going to share what Bradley has to say here real quick. And he says, Wesley Snipes and P. Diddy. And, okay, guys, Wesley Snipes. Do you remember when he was in the Michael Jackson video? Am I the only one <laughs> who saw him there? I, I, what I was remember. it? Was it? Uh, it was. Uh, was it bad? <laughs> yes. Anyway, oh, was Wesley was Snipes it? was a backup yeah, dancer for Michael Jackson. So, okay, yeah. sorry, Bradley. I had to interject that. So, Bradley's saying Wesley Snipes and P. Diddy started in dancing. So, I know this guy can have a great future so he's totally and you know if you love what you do how can you not have a great future in it um so to tag on to the music video reference linda wants to know if you've done any videos as a backup dancer yes yes i have um i've been in music videos for no nervo i've been in chris brown's liquor i've been in oh. will smith uh, it's chris brown's liquor uh, yeah. I was in that music video. I was uh, in um, La Bamba featuring Will Smith and Will Smith's comeback a few years ago as a music artist. I was in that. Uh, I've been in some music videos with Hobson. I've been in some music videos with um, an independent artist named Kevin Ray. I've also been in some strange music music videos as well. So, I mean, I've definitely been in there. I'm uh, I'm one of those guys that you see in and out of the industry. I, I like to. I prefer to do things on my own, just because I know that no one's going to represent me or work for me like I will. And True. Um, mm-hmm. at the same, yeah, um, I learned that you know, being signed to four different agencies over the last eleven years and predominantly doing everything myself, you know, you you kind of get used to that. And uh, so yeah, I've been in uh, a lot of music videos. Check it out. Um, a lot of people will actually. If I'm in their music video, they spotlight me. They give me my own time. Usually, I'm just myself, uh, which is another one of the most beautiful things about doing what you love and not letting the naysayers change you. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of on a side. Mm-hmm. 
on a side note, you know, they're on Facebook right now, people are doing their like 10 year challenge, you know, like photo. Oh, here's me at 13 and here at, at, at 20 something. I actually did that challenge just to show people. I, I posted a photo of myself when I was like 14 or 15. And then I posted a photo of myself now and I'm literally the same person. Look, this, I mean, looks will change, you know, hair length and things like that, but I've literally been the same person and I've always stood for what I stand for. And I believe that that's what makes me me. And that's what also gives me an advantage in my field because I'm not, I'm not lost per se. I have a clear vision. I mean, if I close my eyes, I have a vision. I can dream for the rest of my life if I close my eyes because it's just so much I vision in this lifestyle. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, and I think that's really important because there's there's always a way to get off path when you are striving for something, especially when you start to experience success. And I think there are a lot of people out there, and even myself included, I'm not saying that I've achieved the kind of success that you have achieved, but even in corporate America, um, when you are trying to climb that ladder, and especially for women, bang on that glass ceiling, um, you can become someone very easily. And I had reached a point in my career where I was like, you know what, There's the longer I keep working in corporate America, the meaner, <laughs> the meaner I seem to get. Yep. And that is no doubt. And, you know, I came to a point where I'm like, you know what, there's not enough money they could pay me to become the person that I would have to be to get to where I thought I wanted to be. And so I'm like, you know what, That's this is just not the right road for anymore. This is no longer what I desire. And maybe there are stronger people out there that, weren't, that aren't faced with that sort of temptation. That's kind of where I was headed. And so I just needed to take a step back. And so I'm glad to hear that you, in whatever means, have been able to, like, stay true to yourself and not let, all of the glitter in your eyes really, you know, push you into being someone that you're not. And what do you credit and to being able to, like, keep that focus? Honestly, it's it's the genuine moments where, you know, I'll, I was in L.A. and in St. Louis, I was as big as it got. You know, everybody knew that I was doing stuff. Everybody saw everyone's following. When I came home, a million people wanted to hang out, party, all that great stuff. But it was the times where I would be around people who had no idea who I, who I was. They had no idea that I was a dancer. They had no idea that I accomplished anything. And they treated me like a genuine person rather than like a product or uh, some celebrity thing that they see on the TV. And it, it, it really humbles you. Even, you know, I go to places like, uh, sometimes I'll do master classes at studios where the kids are phenomenal, but their attitude overall is like, yeah, we're really good. We do this. We see all the best teachers in the world, whatever. Then I go to a studio that's not very well known or might even be in a very small town, which I do a lot. I travel to a lot of small towns. And the quality of the the kids' hearts, are it's beautiful. I mean, literally, to have a kid write me or have their parents write me and tell me, thank you, my my little girl, uh, when I was in South Carolina, I'm originally from South Carolina and haven't been home for 13 years. And when I came back, it was huge because I was doing master classes. I even did a couple free classes just to give back to the community. But the feedback I got was just overwhelmingly amazing. Parents telling me that their kids are smiling for the first time in weeks or months. Their kids finally feel like they have something to identify themselves. Like, I am a dancer, you know, and... I always remember that that moment. I, I truly come from a place where dance, like I said, it has been a voice for me. And thankfully, it's turned into what it's turned into. But for those who don't know about that life or are not fortunate enough to experience it, but they're just humble or happy that they're able to just dance or even be in a studio with someone who does, it means the world to me. And you know, um, there has been times where my head has gotten too big. There's been times where things uh, made me feel like I'm larger than life or I put myself in a place where I was larger than life and say if it was a tour and I'm like, I'm going on this tour because no one can touch me and I'm the best. And then I get dropped from the tour and they're like, actually, we found someone else better. Then it's like, oh, whoa, there's always somebody else that's hungrier. 
Uh, you know, and another way that I look at it is if you're not willing to work for your dreams but in a humble way, there's someone else who will outwork you uh, from a humble place, you know. I used to train in big studios all the time. Now I train in my basement because it humbles me. It's where I started. And, you know, I have the same love when I'm down there. I don't think about being seen or being cool. It's just about the craft and the passion and the love. And that keeps me going. And true, and my family. My, I've had lots of talk with family uh, and friends as well that really, really humble me that show me, you know, being a good person versus all the other dancers that I look up to who are not going to say every dancer is full of themselves, but there are a lot of dancers I know that are in it for the wrong reasons. They're in it for the shine to be cool or for the girls. And when, when you see them dance or when you meet them in person, you don't feel any passion. And to me, I feel like that's, that's faking it. And I never want to be in that position you know, last year was, was one of the most successful years for me. However, my thought process was I was focused on elevating my status. This year, I'm just focused on the love of the craft. And already this year, it's more organic. There's more opportunities coming. There's more love. There's more connections. And I just feel like, you know, if you give love, you'll receive love back tenfold. And that's that's what keeps me going and keeps Well, that's awesome, and thank you for sharing all of that in that perspective because it's just good to hear, you know, just the genuineness of your voice and your intent. And, you know, guys, it is easy to get lost on the road. Success does not come without a price, and sometimes the price is more than hard work. So it's, you know, always good to hear how others have managed that and hopefully give you some food for thought while everyone is climbing their ladder wherever they may go on. But, you know, just to keep the thing the thing and not to get lost and all the other stuff. Because at the end of the day, you find yourself rich and alone, what do you have? Not a darn thing, exactly. right? So, exactly. but I want to, so I just want to key back in and all that you were sharing about the work that you're doing with the kids and the joy that you gained from that. Because Kaylin and a group of folks, um, in the natural bodybuilding community, they have been doing um, more recently have started a consistent effort to do outreach with um, a group of inner city kids, more through health and wellness and natural bodybuilding. But just talk to us more about how, you know, the little things like this can really inspire beyond just a smile on their faces. But talk to us more about the hope factor that outreach to kids, intentional outreach to kids can really make that difference. Honestly, it's it's a true thing. You know, I always heard people telling me when I was younger that, you know, sometimes the smallest things could make the biggest impact. And there are many kids today who are now older, they're in their teens, they're in their 20s, you know. Some of them have kids now that I've been involved with. And at the time, I thought, you know, hopefully I'm making an impact. Yes, they're happy, you know, they're smiling. But what I didn't realize is teaching them how to care for themselves. You're teaching them self-love. That's important because a lot of the world is missing self-love. They're missing the fact that you have to take time to yourself sometimes so that you can grow or get to learn yourself. Uh, even, you know, influencing kids to eat healthier, to read books, because I do, I love to read. Uh, knowledge is power. And I truly feel like the knowledge that I've learned and that has been given to me over this time of, of talking to, uh, you know, older dancers in the game or people who are in different fields, but I respect, you know, I I love it all. And it's it's crazy because you never do realize that, that, even the smallest things, like I said, can make an impact. You know, if you make someone smile and feel good about themselves, that's great. But if you can make somebody go home and see themselves in a better light, you, my friend, are winning. And doing that, working with these kids, the inner city kids, it it gives them life. It gives them hope. It shows them. And honestly, it puts them in a different space from their peers because if their peers are roaming the streets, you know, uh, doing drugs, uh, just sitting and watching TV, not doing anything, you know, versus the kids who were feeding their brain, they're feeding their spirit, they're feeding their mind, they're feeding their body, you know, 
there's going to be a difference. You're going to look at those people and say, hey, I don't want to associate with that. And that's what I saw a lot of kids doing in the city, even to the point now where I'm no longer in connection with a lot of kids um, because they're not dancing or, you know, their life changes, you know, which happens. But I still see that there's a lasting effect where a lot of those kids are not out partying hard. They're not drinking. They're not doing crazy things because they learned a better way. And sometimes uh, as, you know, kids, as young adults, we need to be shown that there is another way. Uh, Yes. Even often, I mean, even when I was in school, I won't say that I was the best in school. Um, School was like this for me. I was super, like, I... I have a really, my brain just goes, goes, and goes. And um, school was not challenging enough for me. So instead of conducting myself in the correct manner, I went the other way. Um, Which looking back on, you know, even that, when I go to schools, I talk to kids about the importance of, you know, just being diligent, you know, staying true and truly working through things. Even, Even in my dance career, I've had to do several things in my training several things to provoke growth within myself that I didn't really want to do, but I knew it was necessary and growing is necessary. Going through hardships is necessary because it can make you a stronger person and show you what you're really made of. Awesome. Awesome. So Brett, I hope that answers your question, even though I didn't ask your question exactly, it tied in with my question, but I hope you got your answer as to Ryan's involvement with uh, kid-focused programs. And, Kaylin, I know you have some thoughts hanging out over there, so lay them on us, big guy. Well, I just want to, to share what he was saying. And there's a word that I learned, and it was called the paradigm. And, you know, they talk about paradigm shifts. It means you're changing your whole way of thinking. And, you know, like yeah. – when you hear about, you know, that outlet that kids can have, whether it be, you know, lifting weights, exercises, anything that's positive energy toward their minds, and they're, they're strangers that are walking into their lives when they're basically on the brink of giving up hope or, you know, just not seeing another way to do things. Because a lot of things that we were learning from the kids is this was what they thought that that's all they had. You know, they see yeah. the drugs every day. They don't see people working. They see the the childish nature. They see the, the, the sex by young kids. They they see negative, negative, yeah. negative, negative, and they think this is everyday living, and that's all there is. And then they see somebody like Ryan come in or, or somebody like me or, or, or Carly and AJ or, or Cindy, and they're saying, well, wait, wait, you know, there, there's another way to do this. There's another, another way to go about living. That's actual life and helping, and it doesn't have to be where you're, you know, out there doing bad things in self-destructive yeah. ways and never right. having a future. When you have those outlets, it changes everything for them because they say, "This guy's actually smiling. This guy is yeah. actually involved in my life, and he's going to be there." You know, when when they commit to it, I like the one thing I told them from the beginning. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here, but I need yeah. you to do your part, and that's to show up as well. So, Ryan, could you speak on that and, and let them know how that really changes their whole day? They will smile when they see you, and instead of being stone-faced or resting, whatever face they call about it. This thing changes <laughs> everything for a kid. Yeah. I mean, actually, I can use a perfect example. Last year, I was doing charity work, and I was going into the detention hall centers. Uh, these are kids who are as young as nine years old, uh, as old mm. as 17, uh, you know, who have made some poor decisions. A lot of those kids are just sitting ducks until they're old enough to then be shipped off to real jail, you know, where they'll be hit with these these crazy, you know, which I get it, you know, if you made a wrong mistake, you made the wrong mistake. But last year we did an, an initiative program to bring dance in to these kids. Uh, instead of forcing them to read books or forcing them to do mathematics and things like that, we used dance. And it was incredible. I will never forget it. These are the hardest of the hardest kids, you know. They're, they're, they know every rap song that's on the radio, but at the same time, 
you know, they don't know what's going on with themselves. They don't know what's going on really around the world. And coming in to show these guys, like, look, you guys made a mistake. You know, and a lot of those kids, I never actually found out what they did because I never wanted to look at them any other way than they just need a positive outlet. And this program went on. uh, It started as a four-week program. Uh, The city of St. Louis absolutely loved it. It went on for another six weeks. And, I mean, it was to the point where the kids were doing performances. We were getting shirts and gear. These, these kids were like a family, you know. And it was crazy. I'll never forget in the very beginning. There's uh, ten kids to my right, ten kids to my left, uh, ten kids in front of me, ten kids on the other side, you know, and they're all color-coded, uh, you know, and their color is, you know, the offenses they've made. And the first thing um, that some of the most harsh, you know, the kids that have been in there for the worst crime set is, oh, I'm not going to look stupid and do no dance, you know, and that's that's how they looked at it. And I told them, I said, mm-hmm. uh, what, if, what if looking stupid makes you have fun? And I made them think about that. And I'll never forget it. They played J. Cole. I started dancing. The kids started seeing me dance. I look up, every single kid that was in cuffs is now standing up, like bobbing energy, right? And that's another thing, uh, you know, to touch on what you're saying. When you give positive energy and you you decide in your brain, you decide in your mind, in your heart that you are going to make a positive impact, even doing something like smiling, I'll never forget it. One of the kids came in to me. He said, guess what? I'm getting out for good behavior. I want to thank you. He said, had you not shown me this dance, he said, I would have been in here fighting every day. I I thought I wanted to be a rapper, but I was just rapping about everything that I heard on the radio. And he's like, I don't even live that life, man. And he got out, and I saw him a few weeks ago. And I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good, man. I'm back in school. He said, you know, me and my family are doing great. He said, I just want to thank you. You took the time out. I mean, he got in trouble, and I went up to the containment center where it was heavily armed guards, and, you know, I couldn't be in there unless there's four or five guards around me because he was that dangerous. And I sat and I talked to him, and I told him, I said, you're bigger than this. You know, and having somebody to tell you that you're bigger than something means the world. I mean, there are times in my life where I could have used somebody to tell me, hey, you know what, you made a mistake. We all do. Get back up on your feet and go out there and and make a difference this time. You know, really think about what happened. And I really saw that these kids really were thinking about their lives and the decisions that they made and the choices they're going to make in their future. I mean, I even heard kids saying things like, you know what, when I get out, man, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be listening to mainstream music or I'm not going to watch TV. Like it's to the point with me that I don't actually have a TV in my house uh, because I don't think that TV puts out positive imagery. Um, and working in that mm-hmm. industry, it's also something that's pretty interesting. You know, like you see, uh, I'm not going to say any artist's name, but you see an artist that has no. like thug it, and then you know, we're on set and we're all chopping it up talking and he's like, oh, no, it's just an act. Like, oh, I went to Harvard. You know, I have a 4.0. Like, oh, I've got a college degree. And it's like, what? So you're just, you know, leading, <laughs> you're basically leading the blind. Oh, well, such and such, he lives his life. He's really about it. No, he's really not about yeah. it. It's not it's an act. And I think that's also something that that makes a big difference too is breaking down those walls so that these kids can understand. And, I mean, truthfully, it's one of those things that seeing these kids grow, seeing, you know, 45 kids or more say, I'm not going to dance, and then three weeks later, each of these kids are in a uniform dancing on stage, and, you know, the student body that's there came to see them, the teachers came, some of their parents were allowed to come and see them, and seeing the love, again, it goes back to that, that love, Seeing the love that was given, the energy that's being passed around, you're uplifting, and those kids will never forget that moment, even if they still have to go to a bigger jail or if their journey, uh, you know, while being incarcerated is is not finished, you still made a difference, you know, and that's that's what we're here for, honestly. No doubt, that is amazing. I don't, I don't even really know how to follow that up. I really don't. So all I can do, okay, then you go ahead. You go right ahead. I will. Now, I I understand exactly what he's saying because when I used to bounce, 
there were some underage kids that came in there and tore up the bar, just destroyed it. And, I mean, I had to really manhandle them, bro. And yeah. they got thrown in jail. And, you know, one of the guys, you know, well, all of them got on bail. It wasn't that much. It was maybe $300 to get out. It, was maybe, it wasn't much of nothing. And they were asking yeah. me to drop the charges. And I said, you know what? If you guys go to church with me um, for three weeks, I'll drop the charges. I won't, I won't do anything against you. And, and the other guys were thinking, you know, all right, he just wants another shot at us. He's going to beat us down like he did uh, the night, you know, we got in trouble. And I said, no, I won't do it. And well, one kid took me up on it. And I said, you come to church, we'll talk to the pastors, and uh, church of your choice. You know, It doesn't have to be my church, you know, because I, I live further south, and I didn't want them driving all the way thinking I was trying to do something to, to harm them. I really right. wanted this to be right. And we got down there to church and got to talking with the pastor next week. He brought his girlfriend next week. He brought his whole family. And sure enough, when, you know, the court date came, I, I did, like I said, I went I went before the judge. And I said, you know, this kid has really shown a lot of remorse. I wrote out a letter to the lawyer so he could be uh, put it into state's evidence. And the one thing that just blew me away, I never would have expected it. I didn't ask him to do it. But he said, you know what, keep the charges. I'm not the guy that, uh, you know, the charges are against. I want to do my time and get it out of the way and start my life over. And I was just floored because my whole thing yeah. was to get this guy to freedom. And he said, no, I realize the harm I've done to society, and I'm willing to take the sentence. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what you're asking. He said, it doesn't even matter anymore. He said, the fact that you would sit there and, and go out of your way to help me see what a man really is like, and it just it just floored me. I'd never seen anything like it. I, I I mean I just I just thank God for the opportunity. But just just because somebody cared enough to to want them to have a future, and that just right. his whole life. This seventeen year old kid, and now he's saying I'm willing to do those five years, come out, be a, a good man to my, my my girlfriend, probably marry her, and have my parents actually look at me like a, a son and not a, a hoodlum. And he said he could see that sadness go away, even in the courthouse, even in the courtroom. And, you know, I stayed in touch with him until he said, you know what, you, you go live your life because you've given me one. And I said, then my work's done. And even like like, like Ryan, was, uh, Ryan was saying, you, you don't have to stick there forever. You just have to plant that seed and, and let them live their life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Well, I, well, I still don't have a transition, so I'm still just going to move on to our next question. And as we're running short on time, so everybody enjoy your your warm glow that we have right now. So now, but we're going to get down to a little bit of scuttle. Sarah wants to okay. know who are the nice guys in the biz and who are the bad boys, Ryan? Who are they? Uh, the nice guys and the bad boys. <laughs> You know, uh, that, that question is actually a really, 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 really tough one to answer because, um, you know, like any industry, there's an agenda or a goal. Um, I learned this in business. Yeah. When I got into L.A., I didn't realize that I signed a contract with one of the top agencies. However, I was going to become a product. And, mm-hmm. you know, those people were telling me that certain people they were affiliated with um, were good people. When I got around them, my my gut, my heart, my experience told me something different. Yeah. And I've gone to other places where the the word is is that such and such, oh, he's this, he's a monster, he's this, and then I get around them, and they're like, no, I'm as, you know, like, without them telling me, they literally are as, as genuine as they come. Uh, so it's really, really tough for me to say that. And then also just to uh, not put names out there because I never know who's listening, you know. Um, sure, I won't sure. Say, you know, it's basically it's just like uh, everyday people, you know. You have your people that are really there to see you win. You have your people mm-hmm. that uh, pretend that they're your friend but are so spiteful and jealous of you. 
then you have people that are around you that are uh, dependent on your success because if you're successful, they're lumping their success in with you. Uh, then you also have people who are uh, very, very hateful. You have people in the industry yeah. who are in some very, very bad things. Um, you have some people who uh, literally the only thing they care about is money, and they will throw anything and everything, including their own family, under the bus as long as money's there. So, I mean, it's it's, it's really hard to answer the question uh, with a few names, but hopefully that kind of uh, in a roundabout sort of way kind of gives a little bit of insight without giving too much away. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, and I think that, I mean, that's a fair way to answer the question. And, you know, you just got to look, you got to look for the wolves in sheep's clothing and kind of know the difference and hope that you haven't yeah. become one of them along the way. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. So in our last couple minutes here, so guys, if you, if you uh, weren't aware, so Ryan was the opening act at the inaugural show last year and so his video from that performance has been posted on the T4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook page so go and check him out there if you are looking for videos of Ryan's talent and I you know your feet are just kind of like a blur anytime I see one of your videos coming out and I've seen them where you're just dancing for the love of it and showing new things that you learn I you know you have to slow yeah. down the video in order to see what exactly your feet are doing. He moves that fast, yeah. guys. Um, definitely has his own style. But talk to us about, so you're going to be coming back to P4P Undefeated yeah. this year again. I believe you're going to be burning it up, tearing it up even more. Um, just talk to yeah. us a little bit about, you know, performing for all of these natties and just, because, you know, your mom's a bodybuilder, so did that influence you to participate and want to be part of P4P Undefeated? To be honest, yes. Um, my mother was the – I will give her all the credit in the world. Um, a million percent was the reason why I even really got into fitness. When I was in L.A., I was just dancing. I wasn't training smarter. So I would do a lot of things that would counteract counter um counterbalance, you know, counteract growth, counterbalance. I would hurt myself. I would do all kinds of different things um just because I wasn't being smart. And my mom came out to see me the first year, came out to visit. We hadn't seen each other in a year. And I just saw all of her success and I saw how much she really took it seriously and what a difference that made. And I saw that P4P was backing her and I had the initial thought, well, you know, as a dancer, I train very, very differently. I use a lot of different methods to help me. But at the same time, I want to show that dancers are athletes. We are athletes. We train just as hard as any other athlete out there, if not harder in some senses. Like, they're, I mean, even, like, for our toes and our feet, like, you know, if, I hate to say it, but if you look at my toes, uh, they, they look crazy because I, I've done so much to get them strength and balance and, you know, hopping on my toes, toe spins, spinning on my ankles, all of these crazy things. And uh, my whole experience with P4P last year was absolutely amazing. I mean, that was my first time actually being at a bodybuilding event, being around other people who really cared about themselves, valuing the hard work they put in, and it really, when I when I say this, I literally was on like a natural high for like three weeks after that show. I felt so invincible nice. from all of the friends, yeah, from all of the friends that I made, from the love that I got, just seeing the event as a whole. Even without my performance, it was an amazing event. It was an absolutely amazing event. I enjoyed myself to the fullest, like to the absolute fullest. It was incredible. Well, I know when when uh, I was getting certified to do my my cardio classes and kickboxing, mm-hmm. I remember the telling me something straight out, and I said, you know, I actually understand that, and I can run right with it because of just everything I've done with sports. Repetition, repetition, repetition yes. until you're bored with it, and then you yes. have it perfected. Because exactly. it's something that most people don't even understand, but it's the one thing you need it to do is to be yes. so consistently active in doing it that you're 100%. Yes. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm saying. 
Oh, no, I do. I do. Actually, while you were saying this, you can't see me, but I'm like, I have my fist like balled up like, yes, <laughs> yes, tell the world. <laughs> Honestly, I try to get across. I have so many people that ask me, why do you train? You're so obsessed with dance. That's all you talk about. That's all you think about. But at the same time, if I wasn't, I wouldn't have gotten to a point where I'd be able to, to live the life that I'm living or do the things that I'm doing or make the impact. And I mean, I will, just like you're saying, repeat, 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 repeat till your muscles are, are done. And guess what? It's muscle memory. Your muscles will have it. And then that move will be easier. And, you know, uh, even as far as my feet goes, I drill footwork. I drill footwork to the point where my feet could just go, 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 go. And then I'll look at a video and I'm like, oh, I could go faster. Oh, I could, you know. So it's oh. like never, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're like, no. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, and actually here you guys are going to see that. Uh, this this From the P4P show uh, to this point now, till October, I'm training differently. I'm training in a way that makes me more explosive, that makes me faster, sharper, gives me longer endurance. So I'm really going to bring something special this year. I, I can't wait. All right. Wait. Well, we can't wait. We can't wait, and our listeners can't wait either. James, I think, is asking what so many of them are thinking, but they want to know how do they watch and follow you to see what you're going to be up to in the coming months. Sure. Um, if you guys – want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at rmj2.0, rmj2.0, or you could visit www.team2point0.com, so team2.0.com, that has everything up to date, or you can find me on Facebook as 2.0 SDL. I'm very, very active on social media. You can also find me on YouTube as 2.0 SEO, I post every day. I always have something going on. I'm always letting people know what I've got going on. And for those who are asking, thank you for being interested. I greatly, greatly appreciate your guys' support. All right, Ryan. Last thought for tonight. Whatever it is you want to say. Lay it on. Um, honestly, I just, I just want to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. I know... And actually, I think I felt like this was needed because I had a lot of people ask me at the show, like, well, what is my connection to you guys? You know, <laughs> hi, son. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not a, <laughs> not a bodybuilder. We got another game. Oh. oh, you're okay, son. Oh. Uh-oh. Did he have a boo-boo? He did. He did. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> he closed his hand in the book, the plastic book. Yeah. The plastic book right there. Just. Uh, so basically, I just want people to know that it's really, really important for dancers to train. It's really important for anyone who's an athlete not to just train, just to train, but to train for something that's going to give you purpose that's going to give you that fire and p4p has been amazing to me uh it's been about four years now that i've been with them they've been absolutely amazing to me extremely supportive and i just can't wait to see the brand grow and become you know worldwide and dominate and become one of the biggest brands and i'm looking forward to being a part of that growth in this family and that's what i'll end it with All right, man. Well, we look forward to seeing you there, and I can't wait to see what new things you're going to bring to the stage. So best of everything to you and your family, and, uh, you know, we'll be seeing you this fall. Hold on. All right, thank you. Hold on. I'm holding. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I, I just wanted you to give a chance to give you a shout out because I heard your son in the background, and I know you've had a lot of support. So uh, just give some shout-outs to the people that have supported you, and uh, we can take it from there. Sure. I definitely want to give a big shout-out to P4P. I want to give a shout-out to Velado Footwear. I also want to give a shout-out to Ola Hawatma. I want to give a shout-out to Shane Michaels. I want to give a shout-out to Paul Sleet, a shout-out to Nicole, and a shout-out to Heather Brokaw. They're all people that have been very, very instrumental in my growth 
and supporting me, helping me build my brand, giving me something to strive for. So I'm very thankful for you guys and that we're all still connected. So I thank you guys very much. Shout out to you guys. All right. Well, thanks so much. And with all that being said, we are at the end of the show. So on behalf of Ryan and Team 2.0, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P for P Muscle, your body's a temple. So let's build it. <laughs>